greatness. It's what you are. You rise before the sun. You're fast on your feet. Never dulling. You're not waiting for your time to come. Hi, people. How you doing? My name is Sean Shobo. Yes, I am the brand master. And of course, you're listening to Mastermind with Mr. G. Don't touch that dial. You are now part of a social experiment. <laughs> See now where my limit is. Only got no it's like they just wanna see you struggle. I swear they don't wanna see you shine. They don't. It's like they just want you to bleed and they want you to fall. They don't want you to be with the streets up there. Welcome to Mastermind, the home of black excellence and self mastery. Yes, your host, Mr. G. Welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us today on the journey towards self mastery. Our next guest hails from Lagos, Nigeria. He's a brand and media consultant as well as a voiceover artist, vocalist, entrepreneur, and author. He is known as the Brand Master for his ability to help startup companies and brands gain global recognition. He has been part of the voiceover industry for well over two decades. He's the founder of the Voiceover Academy, Africa's first voiceover company, as well as the Voiceover Bank, which is the largest pool of voiceover talents in Africa. He created his company to transform and disrupt the voiceover industry from irrelevance to global relevance, while highlighting African voices along the way. He's an author of the book Vocap that serves as a workbook for inspiring voice over artists. He's also part of the Voice and Speech Trainers Association, where he sits as the first African and Nigerian board director. He has voiced some of Nigeria's biggest and longest running commercials, as well as documentaries, podcasts, radio ads, and the list goes on and on. Let's welcome today the Brandmaster himself. Mr. Sean Shobo to the program. Mr. Shobo, pleasure to have you. How are you doing today, sir? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you, Mr. G. Yes, sir, man. Um, Definitely an honor, man, to have you on. Uh, I admire the work that you're doing to get African voices, global recognition. And it's something that I think should have been happening. And I think I'm glad you're doing it because there's something rich and amazing and uh, just inspiring about hearing a rich African Black voice that right. uh, we don't get enough of in the voiceover industry. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. appreciate it, sir. A lot of people might not be familiar with, you know, Nigeria in regards to the, the uh, you know, how every day is like over there and um, the country itself. So before we get started, I know you have a deep love and a passion for your country, for Nigeria. So can yeah. you share with, <laughs> yes, sir. For those yeah. of us that don't know, man, um, can you tell us kind of a little bit about Nigeria and what it was like for you growing up in Nigeria? All right, for people that don't know what Nigeria is all about, or where Nigeria is, Nigeria is West Africa. Uh, and in Africa, it's, a, it's the Western, Western part of Africa. We have about 200 million, over 200 million people in population. I was born, I was actually born in the UK, um, London to be precise. Mm-hmm. My mom gave it to me as a single mother and uh, she came back to Nigeria. Well, uh, everybody always said, oh, so well, you should then, you should be a British citizen. I'm not a British citizen. <laughs> I'm a Nigerian <laughs> citizen, you know? Uh, yeah, so um, I came back to Nigeria and my mom was a, she's a, she was a banker. Uh, and my dad was an engineer who was actually in America he schooled in Indiana, right, before he go back to Nigeria. One of the, uh, he was a major entrepreneur, was selling cars. Well, he was, he was, he was married already, uh, but met my mom, and things happened, 
and here am I, here am I, <laughs> you know, but uh, growing up was, was, was fun, was a bit, uh, was a bit lonely because I, I didn't grow up with my dad, I, I just grew up with my mom, my mom um, basically trained me, um, but I mean, I saw my dad once in a while, but you know, and when you go around, when you go younger, everybody wanted to, everybody goes with their mom and their dad, so you just wanted, uh, you know, but as we grew up, we understood better how everything was, you know, um, the circumstances be, uh, surrounding um, everything that happened. And I mean, we're able, able to handle it better. And here we are today um, doing great stuff, right? But uh, Nigeria, I'm very passionate about Nigeria. I think it's a, it's a land with so much potential, um, so many opportunities. For us, it's just a bit of the system, um, which we're hoping that, you know, we get a great leader who, who would help us uh, transform things, make it better. But trust me, we are kings in Nigeria. We are, you know, look at the music, music, entertainment, what it, whatever it is, just name it. You know, Nigerians are there. We are there. Yes, <laughs> Part of the, the stuff I love about Nigeria. Some of my good friends are Nigerian, man, and I just love uh, the... the- the culture and the, yeah, the fashion. Yeah, we are proud and, of our culture. We are yes, so sir. proud. I'm proud of my culture. I love it. I love it. You know, um, for example, my wife graduates tomorrow. I'm going to wear my uh, Nigerian regalia with my with my cop, you know. No doubt. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not wearing any any suit or anything. I'm wearing my, my native, my native, my cultural, cultural wear. I love it. I, I feel good in it, you know. Mm. I feel like a king when I wear it every time, you know. Some people always say, oh, don't you feel like you're different? Yeah, I am different. <laughs> mm. yeah, yeah, man. I love that. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, man. Um, before we even dive, like I kind of want to dive into like, you know, your, your childhood growing up in Nigeria as well and how things became what they are now. But before we get into that, another missing piece that I think a lot of us don't know about because there are not that many black people in the voice, you know, over industry. So before we get started on, on your life and everything, can you give us a little bit of, you know, voiceover industry 101 for those of us that are not aware of the industry and the role that Black people fit into, into the industry and um, what's, what's just out there as far as opportunities and things like that? So the, the voiceover industry is actually a massive industry. Globally, I think right now it should be about 60 something billion dollars worth about the value, you know, the market value presently. And um, one thing I noticed before this, the vision of the Voice of Our Academy started was the fact that nobody was telling African stories. One, two, we discovered that the voices of Black and African people was actually kind of, you know, swamped. Nobody, nobody was like making it known to people that, you know, and we didn't really have a seat on the table. For example, I went for a conference. A global conference. I came for a global conference here in 2018 or 2017 in Atlanta, um, and it was supposed to be an international conference, right? And there was an international panel, and the international panel had uh, people from Europe, it had people from America, it had people from um, Canada, it had people from uh, from the Espanol side of things. And I think somebody's from Asia, but there was no African there. And I'm like, mm. there's nothing international about this. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, <laughs> you know uh, there's nothing international about this. 
And what was surprising for me or what was surprising to me was that it was a black man who was running the, 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 the conference. Wow. So I was wondering, why won't an African be here? If you say this is an international panel, you should have an African. Um, yes, but I now, I now went back and I thought to myself, why is this happening? And I thought to myself, well, really, nobody is really um, making it known what voiceover talents, African voiceover talents are doing. And the truth is we bring so much flavor to the industry because of our culture, right? Our accents, you know, are unique. It's just unique. No country, no one country in Africa um, speaks the same way, right? There's such a flavor. There's the variety is so much. And there's mm-hmm. so much to bring to the table. For example, uh, when Black Panther came out, everybody everybody went AYA, right? Everybody went AYA. Why? Because they, they've never seen such variety, right? Even though it was just some part of Africa, but mm-hmm. they, had, they hadn't seen that type of variety you know the world had not seen it so they loved the story they loved the fact that it was african it was diverse you know and that that is what the world needs really africa the black race is it's unique and somebody needs to be that person talking telling that story and the voice of our industry won't be different right it's already happening majorly in the music scene but the voice mm-hmm. of our industry won't be, and that's why we are here doing what we know how to do best. Right. Yes, sir. Um, and speaking of Black Panther, I know you just mentioned Black Panther. Yes, sir. Uh, I was I was thinking, you know, like in Black Panther, you got T'Challa, he's uh or the actors per se, right? The actors mm-hmm. in Black Panther are a lot of African American um mm-hmm. actors that right. are you know attempting African accents. So I was wondering like what the take is like as far as Africans in Africa goes when they look at a movie like the Black Panther and it's not as much Africans that are African born and more African Americans that are um, attempting African accents like how that's viewed and what your take is on that. Yeah, I actually had I personally had a problem with that. (laughs) What you just said now, I had Mm -hmm. a problem with it when I was watching it. I was like, why will this be happening? Like, <laughs> if you if you wanted to if you wanted Africa, just just cast African voices, cast African actors, right? So that we can hear the real way Africans talk, right? Because that was trained; they, they trained for that, and really, that's not how Africans talk. Now, the southern part of Africa sometimes sound like that. In fact, mm. most times sound like mm-hmm. that. But the western part of Africa, no. The eastern part of Africa, no. Right? They're different parts. The northern part of Africa, no. Right? So, I for me, I was like, this is not this is not how we speak. Like, <laughs> I'm like, my brother, what are you doing there? <laughs> yeah, brother. No, that's not how we speak. <laughs> you know. Um, so it's it's there is a way we 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 melodiously. Uh, um, use our words and right. that is what that is what they should have looked for not using that accent not trying to use an attitude to speak how we speak um mm. I, and I, I actually spoke to the casting director of disney who who says that they bought marvel um mm-hmm. because marvel was there, yeah so I, I spoke to her and said you know she was talking about them also turning black panther to a cartoon and i said you know what i think you shouldn't do what you did for the movie. 
I think he should come to Africa and actually cast real African voices. Yes. Right? They're going to do that. Um, but for me, I wasn't really cool with it because I felt they didn't really portray Africa for what Africa was. Yes, the story was good, but that wasn't really what Africa was. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just so glad that, that you were able to answer this because I was just thinking about it. The minute the movie came out, I'm like, dang, like, it's, a, it's cool, like the way they portray and everything, but is everything accurate, right? Yeah. Somebody, you know, born in Nigeria, born in other parts of Africa, mm-hmm. gonna look at mm-hmm. this and be proud, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Or are they going to look at it and say like, yo, what happened to us? Like, you know, just like you're saying right now. And mm-hmm. um, I think that you're right. There should have been more of a mix in there where they could have got people, you know, African people along with, I guess, the African-Americans exactly. in more of a natural natural role um with everything man so yeah and, and that's where that's where i that's why that's why I, I i'm so passionate about what i'm doing because um i we we also have a fault because the reason why they do some of some of those things is that we don't put ourselves out there we're not as visible so they're not able to say oh come let's ask you mm. how should this how should this be done uh, and which is what i am trying to do for the industry you know putting a so there's an award now. There's an award uh, for like the Oscars for voiceovers. It's called the Voice Arts Awards, mm-hmm. and um, for the it's I think they've been running for a lot of years now. I think it's almost a decade. Or the ninth ninth one was last year. I think the next one was the tenth one. And trust me, they have never had any category that has to do with Africans or stuff. So. Uh... When I went there last year, I went. I was in. He was in New York last year. I was there live and direct. And I said, you know what? I spoke to the CEO. I said, I mean, you should start doing something for Africa, right? Uh, just imagine I wasn't there. Just imagine, you know. Uh, yeah, somebody else may may have done it, but for me, um, that was majorly fulfilling for me because mm-hmm. this year now, this year they're starting the African category. Awesome! Right? Awesome! you know that's amazing man and um speaking of that man did you ever think about um making a base for that like in africa because you are you you do have the first voiceover academy in in the continent man like so did you ever think about making your own awards and uh doing it on that platform of course of course uh there's so many there's so many things in the pipeline that we'll be thinking about having a conference an international conference and also an award um but the truth is for me, I don't like doing mediocre stuff, right? I like to make sure that um, there's a form of, you see, when we're able to leverage or collaborate with the one here in America for it, everybody now shifts to African talent and says, oh, these guys, these guys are something to watch, right? Mm-hmm. Now, while the eyes are on us, we now say, you know what? We want to do something too. We have something that we can do, we want you to. But if the eyes are not on us and we, we just start doing stuff, um, without um, any uh, uh, bars around it, we are able to, we, we just, it's just like, guys, what are you doing? Nobody's watching <laughs> us. You've seen what we're doing, right? Gotcha. But I always yep. tell people, when you see a bigger platform, collaborate with them, right? When you're able to collaborate with them, the world, you get the world's attention. When you get the world's attention, right, you are now able to start yours and say, you know what? There we are. You know, this is what we do. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Bringing it back to uh, your life, Sean. Um, 
yes, in Nigeria, man. Um, I kind of want to know that, like that journey that mm. you had, um, finding your voice and the power in your voice and just growing up and, you know, growing into like the person that you are today. So can you walk mm. us through some of your experiences that kind of led the way to, you know, the person we see today? All right. Um, so um, it started uh, when I was younger in the nineties. Um, I would use like uh, 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 cassette players. Uh, I would put cassettes in in the uh, st- stereo, and I would press record with my cousin, and we just talk to the you know press record. I would play back again. We hear our voices. They're like, ah, yo, yo, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, we used to do that. And then we also sometimes recreate ads that we hear, you know, but I never knew it was anything like voiceover. I just said, like, we're just having fun. Really. Yeah, yeah. Um, it became something that was very just easy for me. So in my second year in university, um, somebody invited me for a talent, uh, not a talent hunt, but it was a, it was a, a talent company, a talent agency that was trying to recruit um, singers. And I tried to sing sometimes. Um, so they were trying to recruit singers who will be singing for commercials, who they will pay. So um, this guy invited me, a friend of mine invited me. And I went there uh, and I was chosen. In fact, as I was chosen that night, I started working and I was paid my first uh, first fee, uh, which was three five. That was really little, <laughs> 3,500 naira. It was so and, and- like, you know, that's 1,500 uh, Naira. Yeah. I might so have to convert dollar, that to US. A dollar now is, uh, is f- say 600 Naira. A dollar is 600 Naira. So that should be about maybe like three to four dollars. It's under wow. five dollars. <laughs> under five dollars, you know. Uh, so that's what I was paid. My first job, right? Uh, but it wasn't voiceover. It was actually, I just sang. And so... The guy who owned the talent agency heard my voice and he's like, I like that guy's voice. Like he has a strong voice. Wow. You know? And so he called me and he says, why are you not doing voiceovers? I'm like, yeah, I heard about it. I've heard people have told me about that, you know? Um, and he's like, you should be doing voiceovers. This is a voiceover voice, like this voice. Just so he told me to go into to the booth and I started recording. I was just goofing around and it was like, this guy is good. This guy, he went all on and on. <laughs> and he took my demo. He recorded my voice, took my demos, started taking it to agencies and I started getting jobs um, here and there. You know, I was getting a lot of jobs, but there was one particular job that was in 2003. Uh, it was for a bank in Nigeria, um, rumored to be like Nigeria's greatest ad, right? It was called um, the Sky Bank, saying yes to your dreams. Um, so I did that and my voice went like AYR everywhere. It was everywhere. Everywhere in Nigeria. It was on even on CNN, everywhere, right? Wow. Um, um, for me, uh, and I was really paid very low. Put in mind, the ad ran for 15 years. Wow. So so you got paid a one-time thing? Like it was yeah, a I, I, I got paid a one-time thing because I was just starting. I, I didn't really didn't know anything. I just was doing it and joining it. I didn't know that um, I was, I was going to get to a time where my, my I was going to do a commercial that was going to go really viral wow. you know, and run for and, 18 years, right? <laughs> and just for some context, though, like 
yeah. how would it look if if you got a good contract? Like, how would that look? Like, how much? Oh, money that would, would have been fantastic. I would be paid royalties. If it was now, if it's what I know now, right? <laughs> I will be paid. I will be. I'll be. I'll be a major guy balling, right? <laughs> <laughs> but what that did for me was when I found out that you know I was cheated. I uh, I started researching about the business of voiceovers, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So that pain, that pain caused me to start researching about the business of voiceovers, mm-hmm. and that is why I have what I have now. And I know mm-hmm. what I know now mm-hmm. and I make the kind of money I make now, right? Because of that experience. So right. that experience basically shaped my life, you know, my career, you know, in a very positive way. Yeah. So um, I so, want to kind of like go back to that experience just for people yes, that let's say somebody's coming into the voiceover industry right now. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to experience what you experience. Like, let's say the same exact thing happens. They go to, you know, a company and, they, you know, a company loves the vo- their voice and everything, and they're negotiating the pay now. Like, what is a good pay? What is bad? Like, what what are some good deals and what are some bad deals so that, you know, people have an idea of what they should be aiming for? Well, I mean, it de- actually depends on the project, right? The mm. project will depend on what a good pay is or not, right? Um, but I always tell people, for example, if you're in Nigeria, um, anything that is less than... 40,000 naira, 40,000 naira, 50,000 naira, which is about, I would say a hundred dollars, you know, right. uh, the U S U S currency, um, anything, anything, anything lower than that, you know, for whatever job it is, you know, whatever it is, but that is even still, when you compare it to the U S currency, it's really small. Right. Um, well for, for U S people, I know that, you know, you can go as much as uh, $1,000, you know, per, per work, mm. um, $2,000, $3,000, depending on, but it depends on the, the, the project. So it could be a one-liner, it could be a whole script, 30 seconds commercial, it could be an audio book. Audio books are a lot of money. People make as much as six, $7,000 on audio books. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, so definitely money in the voiceover industry. Definitely. Oh, there is, there is a lot of money. There is a money. <laughs> yes, um, sir. But the thing about audiobooks is you have to have the stamina, you know, um, to read for that long. So you want to read for, <laughs> you want to read for uh, twelve, thirteen hours. You know, maybe you could break it down. But that's why they pay them a lot of money, you know, because it requires apart from your voice having the right inflections, you must be able to have the stamina to keep reading. Uh, uh, with the same, not the same tone, but with the same energy, right? Yeah. Um, so that's that's yeah. It's interesting, man. Um, speaking of that too, man. Like um, with voice, you know, like with with your voice, everybody uses their voice. You know, you mm-hmm. use your voice. You know, not outside of just the industry, but right now, you know, I'm a teacher. Like I'm using my voice all the time. Podcasters. Exactly using their voice um mm-hmm. you might be making a speech or you might have a project or yeah. um, some sort of business deal like the voice is like one of our most powerful tools that we have it you is. know in our disposal um yeah. how do i go about like if i'm not 100 percent sure how to use my voice how do i go about mastering it learning it and then mm-hmm. developing it in a way that's going to allow it to work for me right okay so there's something there's a concept um, that we developed at the academy, which is called vocal awareness, right? 
there's something about just like self-awareness, right? Um, when it comes into emotional intelligence, vocal awareness is basically the art of understanding your voice and using it to your advantage, right? right. Uh, and that requires a lot of things, requires a lot of voice essentials, understanding voice essentials like breathing, um, vocal exercises, your vocal health, uh, your notes, the kind of notes that you use um, when you are talking to people, um, the physiology of the voice, the head voice, whether you're using the head voice, your chest voice, or your mid-range voice, knowing the kind of voice to wear at every point in time for your for different scenarios. For example, if I'm at a business meeting, um, my my pitch won't be as high as this, right? It will be definitely lower the way I'm speaking right now. That is how I was speaking at a business meeting. Because why? Mm-hmm. This kind of voice requires some form of authority. It's a form of authority. Um, and people with this kind of voices um, are trusted more from the from research. Now that that is my chest voice, right? Now, increasing my pitch. This is my mid range voice, right? And my mid range voice is for things like this: interviews. I'm training people um, because if I keep speaking like that at a training with my chest voice, I would actually bore people. I would bore people, and you probably sleep off because mm. most times that chest voice sounds monotonous. But if you are at a business meeting where you just have two, three people, yes, you can use that because um, it, brings some, it brings some form of presence into the room, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's something called vocal awareness that people need to understand. When they understand uh, how to use their voices to, to the advantage, it actually makes things different. So as a teacher, as a presenter, you must know what voice or what part of your voice to wear at every point in time. So if you're with your students, for example, you're teaching your students, I don't expect you to use your chest voice to teach your students. That's the deep, that's, and your chest voice is your deepest range, right? I expect you to use your mid-range voice at every point in time. I expect that when you talk, you color your words. You color your words from time to time. You know, you, there's some rhythm with your, because when things are monotonous, it bores people. And you know, they, they, even though, no matter how captivating your voice may be, um, you might lose them. In the middle of things, right? Um, so, for like, for example, you have a podcast. You have a podcast now. Uh, if you if you if you're a podcaster, I always say try to be as melodious as possible when you're presenting, and also try to always maintain the energy that you started with. If not, if in the, at the middle, if the energy drops, people will realize and they probably switch off, right? And you don't want that. Man, the gems, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> yes, Might have sir. to sign up for your class, man. That's that's good stuff. Bro, feel free. <laughs> feel free. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, going back into into your story, man. So you do this gig and it ends up blowing up, you know, getting recognition everywhere. Yes, yeah, um, sir. Was were people in Nigeria like stopping you? Like, yo, Sean, is I saw you in the or did were well, they familiar I mean, with who you were? That was actually the problem. A lot of only people who knew that I was doing that work. Um, were the ones really talking about it and spreading spreading the word that oh Shoba did that Shoba show was shown Sean did that um, but um, a lot of people did not know right so until I started saying it and I started bringing it out um, that's when people started saying oh so you did that oh why he's the one even at the voiceover academy till now when I when I give my lectures I always play the video and I say I did that and people are like ha ah, because that was one of their favorite acts. <laughs> And they're like, what? You did that? Oh, my God. I'm with a star. I'm like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I was just paying that 
my voice was everywhere, but my my pockets was not everywhere in terms of money. Mm. Mm. <laughs> the, the company that used your voice, like how much would you say that they profited off of that, you know, just that ad? Bro, that ad changed the game for them. Right? Mm. Changed the game for them. Go and, t- go and ask anybody you know in Nigeria about Skybank. It's changed the game for them. However, um, they had a corrupt um, leader or corrupt CEO at some point who swept off all their money. So the bank had to change wow. their name. Yeah, yeah, they had to change their name. It was terrible. You know, it was a terrible time for them. But I think maybe karma, you know. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> yeah, maybe, right? Um, yes, sir. But I mean, I, I even tried to sue them, um, but they told me I didn't have a direct contract with them. So um, I don't have any right to sue them, which, and they had a point legally. So you, you can see those kind of things because there was an agency agency between us. Um, so they have business with the agency, not me. Gotcha. Right? Yeah, um, yeah. So those are things that I tr- started understanding in the place of the business of voiceovers, right? Um, talking about licensing, if... So, for example, if we had, even if it was this, it was the agency that gave us the job, there's something called licensing, which would have licensed, if we licensed it for three to six months, right? After six months, if they're going to use it again, they're going to pay me again, mm. right? If they use it for another six months, so just imagine they use it for six, six months till for 18 years, of course, I'm going to make a lot of money. Uh, so I started understanding that, I started understanding usage fee. Uh, so if you use my voice on radio, um, my pay is different from using my voice on TV. The pay is different from using my voice on social media. You really? Know, uh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, what's, can you break down like cheaper to more expensive? Um, so TV and radio are really expensive. Um, social media next. And then the rest follow. Right. Hmm. Um, but TV and, uh, uh, TV and radio are the most inspect- expensive when it comes to usage fee. They're going to use my voice. Um, well, and they have those laws here in America. Um, right. and, and they, they actually implement it, which is very good. You know, brands implement it, and that's that's good. That's good for, for, for the US. But in Africa, they're just getting to understand it. Um, so it just in trickles, brands are yeah. Gotcha. So at the time that uh you know all of this is happening, where you're getting all this uh, publicity for mm-hmm. your voice and everything. Was that the same time that you were doing your brand master work and working with brands? Yes. Or- so, yes. So it was, it was then because one of the things that I used to do when, when they gave me scripts to voice was I would go research. I used to do a lot of research. I was just so curious, right? I had a very curious mind. So when it gave me a script, uh, show what you're going to be voicing this. I would always ask myself, why is this brand? Um, why, why are they choosing to do this campaign? What is, what is the idea or the rationale behind this campaign? So I would go read up on it, um, research the brand, check out why the brand is doing that. And then it, it just showed me that I was interested in brands. So I went to a brand school called Orange Academy. And um, I did a war room session there. I did an IBX training there, um, which they, where, where I got certified as a brand consultant. And that really helped me. It was like, it opened, they opened a cage for me. Like I was a lion, but they opened a cage. So um, everything I saw was just brands. I always saw brands, you know, differently. And that opened my eyes. And um, I started, and then my final year in school with, with proceeds from voiceover, 
I registered my first ever company, which was a brand consulting firm called um, Idee. Idee it was the French for idea. It was French meaning for idea. You know, um, so it was a brand management firm. I started with a few of my friends, um, and we had a, we had a good time. It still it still as the company still exists still now, uh, but it's still on the on, it's, it's on a low key. All right. So uh, as far as like the branding goes, uh, yeah. I know you got the name Brandmaster from working with brands yeah. and getting them from a local level to a global level. Mm-hmm. So what what do you think it takes like uh, in in regards to like when people start up their company and they have like these global visions? Like, what does it take to get you from startup to global? Okay, so I always tell people, like, especially for um, Black people, like, don't just, one of the things I respect about um, other races is, you know, when they they start a brand, right, they look for what is the core idea behind that brand. Mm. And they try to, you know, they build it, no matter how slow it is, they still follow that core idea. They don't divert, you know, they just, they just focus. Right. Um, right. And one thing I noticed about Africans, especially Nigerians is when we start something, we don't have, we don't even have a, and that core idea is what in branding, some people call the brand DNA, right? What is the DNA of your brand? Right. And the DNA of your brand really talks about the authenticity that you bring to the table, right? What is that different thing? What is that uniqueness? What is that essence? that different thing that you bring to the table as a brand. Once you have it documented, it helps you, um, especially as regards your brand's vision and the rest of that. A lot of people have business plans when they start uh, businesses, startups and the rest of that. Um, but I always ask, do you have a brand plan? Right? Somebody will say, oh, but our business plans have marketing plans. No, people should always realize that a brand is like a living thing. When you start it, it's very, it's very, it's very, hard to kill you can't kill a brand right the brand can actually die a natural death but you cannot just kill a brand that was started because once you are once you appear it's always very hard to just disappear mm. right um so people must realize that uh, uh brands must realize that one it's very important to make sure that you have a brand dna your your core idea what is that thing that differentiates your brands from the rest of all the brands. You know, I can mention so many brands that have their DNA and it's working for them. But I mean, this is a podcast, so we, we don't want to call brands and the rest. Oh, yeah. Not, yeah, not yeah. unless they're paying that money. Yes, exactly, sir. Yes, sir. you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know um, so so um, it's important for uh, um, people to discover their authenticity, right? When you discover your authenticity, you are now able to, sell it choose a way to sell it to the world right right um what is your essence what is that brand essence um that you want to sell to the world right for me that is where that is where it begins well, that's where it all begins and that's what makes a massive brand so no matter how much you have forecasted um for your business plans you know a brand can actually be profitable but it does not mean that it's going to be sustainable Right, yeah. A brand, the the fact that your brand is profitable doesn't mean that it's going to last forever. You know, uh, right. yeah. People must always realize that, and that is why you need a brand plan because brands always evolve, right? That's true. So, yeah, the 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 brand doesn't just stay where it is. That's that's a very faulty way of thinking. When it's, when people say oh a brand, no no no, brands always evolve because the times evolve, right? 
we were using the typewriter before, right? Our parents were using typewriters. Now we then you know, we went to Macintosh, uh, the Macintosh, the big computers, the desktop. Now we went to laptops. Um, now people are using tabs, right? Very soon, we just get to our tables in, at the office and we'll just press a button and we'll start typing on the table. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, we're getting, yeah, look at now, everybody's talking about the metaverse, right? So life is evolving, right? So brands must also evolve. Mm. Yeah, when we go and we'll get what I mean, you know? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And um, speaking of brands, man, um, obviously you started the first voiceover um, company, you know, in Africa. And yeah. I'm guessing like part of your, you mentioned like your, you know, your motivation was just that first initial um, thing that, that occurred of you not getting paid what you deserve. So when was it that it struck your mind that I am kind of, I'm, I'm confident and good enough to go out on my own and venture into this, this industry. And then how did it go from like an idea in your head into the creation of what you have now? Okay, so um, I'd always wondered why, like, if you, like I always said, like I always wondered why nobody was talking about African voices, you know, outside the country and even within the country, right? Especially with a lot of work they do, and I felt like a lot of people do not understand what voice talents do. Like, we are actually critical in the process of communication from one from one point to another. For example, during COVID, we're one of the first, one of the first professions or careers um, that actually worked during COVID, even in spite of the lockdown. Mm. You know, uh, in, during the lockdown, my organization was working, like we're working from wherever we we were. Because I mean, for voiceovers, you can if you have a home studio or you have a you you get your you understand the hack on recordings they're able to do work so right people because there was no human contact people were communicating from point a to point b and they needed voices to communicate to do that communication for them right for example with ivr's um interactive voice responses when people call banks it was the ivr's that would say hi welcome to bank of america to 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 withdraw money or to transfer money press one to do the press two right those were voices doing the work, right? Uh, uh, or people that um, had a few, uh, hospital emergencies, they had IVRs as well, right? So voices were attending to a lot of things during the, 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 the when the pandemic was really heavy. So um, it just shows you how critical the voices in the scheme of things. Um, uh, today we're, we're at a shop and they were doing like a self-pay, it was like a self-pay uh, point. And the, the machine was saying, $3.05. Now you check in. And I just told uh, my wife and my uh, sister-in-law that, you know, that's voiceover. You know, we're everywhere. Everything is just voiceover. You enter a car, a car or a bus or a, a train, you, you hear that as well, right? Um, educational toys, you hear it as well. You switch on your TV, you watch documentaries, a voice is there. A commercial or your commercial, if you're watching Shark Tank, a commercials come on at least 80% or 90% of those commercials have voices on them, mm. right? You, you switch on radio voices. We're talking on a podcast voices, right? Um, yes, games voices, right? So we're everywhere, 
right? Uh, so for me, it was very, very important to um, do something about that and let people start giving people the right perception about this industry. So um, I was inspired to just start it. Uh, I had it in mind for a while, but I was scared. I was really scared that, right, how would people accept it, right? Um, because as much as it was very critical in the scheme of communication, I also realized that a lot of people did not understand it. So mm. I was like, uh, I hope people won't, uh, you know, I hope people really understand it. So we started it with a class. I called it the master course with the brand master, you know, the voice of a master course with a brand master. So we just wanted about 30 people for that training. Um, and we got 40 people. Mm. Wow. And the first 10 minutes we put the flyer out for it, we got a, we got a, an, uh, an alert, you know. So for us, it was a big deal. Like, people are interested in this thing, right? People are really interested in this. And then we now started, we, we did that training. It was fantastic. We did the second one. In fact, the first one that was fantastic, I, I said, maybe it was a fluke. So we did the second one. And the second one, too, was a heat, right? So we just took the funds. I said, you know what, let's just register the academy um, uh, fully. Now, um, a lot of people were not happy. A lot of people that were in the industry were very happy that we were starting something like that because they felt like we're going to be letting a lot of secrets out. You know, what mm. the, the, the Are you vision, talking about like outside of Africa or? Yeah, inside Africa, inside Africa. Ah. Yeah, so they just felt like, oh, these guys are going to be letting a lot out. But for us, it was all a vision of actually educating more people and building a, a force, you know, a force of global African voices, right? That was that was the whole idea. Right. That's the whole idea, right? Yeah. So so walk us through like that journey now, man. Um, I'm sure everything wasn't perfect, or like you know some of the trials and tribulations to kind of get you, you know, to where you have you know things now, where you know you're expanding globally, and um, you know you've done so much work i listened to a previous interview you did and you say like sometimes when you listen to the radio like you'll listen the whole time and most of the ads that come on are from your your, your voiceover yeah. company yeah i mean so- <laughs> i'm like i'm like wow this is amazing it, it was it was it wasn't it wasn't easy I, I tell you it wasn't easy because um it, it was it was a lot of it was daring it was for, for us it was daring i mean i just i i had a class earlier today over in over there in Nigeria, um, I was I was communicating with them via Zoom, and somebody who was in the class was like, "She's never been for a training like this. Like, it's just different, right?" And for me, I just look back and I say, "Wow, we've come a long way," because we took a we, we took a very major risk that a lot of people won't take. We took a, a lot of risk, um, but for us, it was like I said before. It was a vision, you know. The vision was to get African voices to have a seat on the global table, mm. right? That was a vision. And I wasn't going to stop it for any damn person. I was just going to go on and on. So when I started seeing growth, I said, yeah, I think we're on the right path. That was the vision. Because, you know, when, when you have a vision for something and you see something in front of you, you don't have time for who is talking about you at your back, Right. You don't have time for who is trying to um, attack your vision because the vision is in front, right, right? Right, right, Those people talking are either by your side or at your back, right? So if you keep looking back 
and not looking at your vision, you're going to be distracted. And that distraction is going to bring a lot of accidents your way, right? Uh, you'll probably hit your head on something or something uh, or see something that's going to take you away from, divert you from where you're going. So right. what I always ask, uh, advise people is just keep, keep going. Just focus, focus. It, might, it may not look too good, right? But when you start getting there, you will see that. You know, when you get closer, you know. You know, when you're getting closer to the dream, you know. Right. So as far as you getting students and clientele and, you know, if I'm if I'm getting into the voiceover academy and I'm taking classes and things like that as a student, like what is it that I should be able to expect that by the time I I come out of the program that I should have and be able to do? OK, yeah. I mean, um, the the in Nigeria, one of the things that we do is. Most of the alumni um, are, they are moved to the, what we call the voice of a bank and they get to record uh, a demo, right? A free demo uh, where we give them their, their raw voice. They're able to use it to market themselves, but we also market them through the voice of a bank, right? So for a lot of people that came there, um, I'll give you an, a, an example. There's a lady who, in fact, she was one of the last people to register for her, for her cohort. She was just going to just try the training out. And once I heard her voice, I was like, this is a star. This mm. voice is a star in the making. I heard it. I just knew it. What, and, what is it about the voice, though, that, that tells you that, like, this is it? You know, you know, when your ears are really trained, right? Um, you've done this for years. Your ears are really trained. Uh, and you know... Um, that voice that can stand out commercially if it's well-trained, like if you tune it well, it's just like the guitar. When you tune it very well, you're able to get the best sound from it, right? Mm. So and that's what we do via training, right? Uh, we try to tune that voice, get those things that are not the impurities, right, that are not making it shine. And we try to polish it up and make it shine well. Um, so I could hear that from that girl's voice. And I always say this. I always say there's a treasure in every, every voice. There's a treasure in every voice. People just need to understand what their vocal strength is. So not everybody might do voiceovers. Some people are going to be very good at presenting. For example, Martin Luther King Jr., right? Till today, no matter what you tell me, um, nobody can give that I have a dream speech like him. And this is years after. It still sounds as fresh as yesterday, right? Um, so it's very, very, always find a way to make sure that you discover what your vocal strength is. From there, we were, when she finished her training, um, she recorded a demo, and then we started, we started sending her demo, the demos out for jobs, and clients will pick her because her demo was good. And today, that lady has voice for tons of brands, tons of brands, right? Uh, that's one of the advantages of the academy. Um, you're able to we're able to match you up with jobs, um, which we don't influence. Is the clients, was the client likes your voice, they would choose it because clients are always looking for fresh voices. And then another thing is that we have a community. Right now, we are the strongest and largest community of voiceover talents in Africa, right? Uh, we have about um, we have about 750 alumni, but we have a group that uh, harbors, yeah, um, we have a group that harbors about 250 to 300 of them, right? Um, so there, a lot of opportunities are sent into the group 
um, collaborations happen there, questions that need answers. You know, so we have a huge community. Uh, that that for us is another is another advantage. You know, and of course we're opening um, people to we're opening global doors for people really, uh, because that's people always say that when it comes to Voice of Academy, you can't think local anymore. Like you think global, right? You think global. Got you, got you. All right, so I graduated from the Voiceover Academy, um, and I'm killing it right now. Uh, in 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 your book, actually, uh, vocab, you've mentioned that that a lot of you know your former students, the way that they make it is through consistent content creation, right? So, mm-hmm. as far as content creation, is there a specific type of content that's gonna um, put me at a better place to get a good you know good good work as a voiceover artist, and then how often should I be promoting or um, using my content? Okay, so um, one thing I saw today, I saw something um, on the streets of UPenn and it says diligence is the mother of good luck, right? Um, for people that are content creators, right? One of the things that you have to, um, one of the qualities that you have to have is consistency, right? The content that you might not do tomorrow might be the one that will go viral. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so you always have to show up, right? Um, that is that is the quality that a content creator must have, right? Um, because you just you just never know, just never know. Um, and always, I always tell people who are because some people when they, a lot of, some people when they leave the voiceover academy, they either start doing voiceovers fully, or they start doing content creation. So they start using their voices to do other things like. Uh, maybe they have a vlog, they have a podcast, they have a, they do skits and the rest of that. And, you know, um, just one person who shares it uh, just takes it viral. One of, one of the alumni who was, uh, who graduated uh, in 20, was it 2019? Yeah, 2019, January, 2019, January. She graduated from the academy in 2019, January. That lady she was featured on CNN, right? Yeah. yeah, she was featured on CNN. She's a content creator, right? I told her, I said, you know, you are for content creation. You know that. You know you're gifted for that. And she, yeah, she was, when she came, she was still shy. But when she left, she started. Today, she's a major influencer in Nigeria. Major That's one. Amazing. That's amazing, man. That is amazing. Yeah. Now, obviously, you guys are competing um, globally as you know a group that has not been in existence and the field is dominated by you know white folks pretty much as far as the voiceover industry so Mm -hmm. what advice do you have for black people going out into the space and um in a world where it's dominated by mostly white voices like what advice would you have for them to be successful bro stay unique stay unique you're different we are different we bring the spice to the table. We bring the spice to the table. And this is not just me being uh, overconfident. This is the truth. We bring the spice to the table because we bring a lot of variety to the table, right? Um, so show up, show up, give your best shot. Don't say, oh, and that's what I, what I always tell my fellow black folks. Don't say, oh, because I'm black, it can be done in a mediocre way. No, be excellent be excellent mm. right yes, sir yeah be excellent don't 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 cut corners right because 
you just want to make it work. No, 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 no. Be excellent. Because no matter how, how much is it, nobody, nobody abandons excellence, right? They might not just see it immediately, but it, they're going to see it, right? You know, uh, and that's it. For me, I remember writing proposals um, as a brand consultant to different brands, right? Which, and they, a lot of them ignored, they did not answer, right? But when, when we started the Voice of Our Academy, because they needed that value, a lot of them, a lot of those brands that I was chasing, now started chasing me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They started chasing me. So I'm like, just, just get your value together and make it excellent. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. You're gonna look and, uh, yeah, man. And uh, you have a wealth of information just about the industry and everything, including your uh, workbook. So, you know, if I'm listening to this, I'm like, yo, man, Sean really knows his stuff and I want to get his you know, workbook and, and um, what, what he's written on um, the voiceover industry. How do you want people to use the workbook and, um, you know, why did you write it? All right. So, so I discovered that um, there were a lot of uh, storybooks, novels on voiceovers. People talked talk about the experiences which was good, uh, and a lot of tips here and there. But those things, and the, uh, they, they're good, but they're not realistic, right? They're not practical. Um, so I wanted something like a textbook um, that people can actually read, they read a summary, and they're able to write down the, their own journey. You know, they're able to also plan their own journey with the information or the questions asked. Right. Because the workbook has 25 questions that you you need to add to 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 respond to um, if you want to advance your career in voiceover so there are questions and you write your answers down when you write your answers down you're also able to read it yourself and say okay where am i lagging behind as regards my career right Mm. so which is why it's called a workbook it's for us to work together it's a collaboration between myself the author and you the art the artist right the voice of artist, you're able to write down what you, for example, um, what is your career vision? So I break down some types types of um, uh, um, people who are in the industry. If you are there just because you feel like um, your voice is good, you're, you're part of the, the hobby gang. You're somebody mm-hmm. who who sees this as, your, sees your voice as a, as a tool of impact. You're part of the purpose gang, right? So no matter the band gang you belong, belong to, Write your vision down according to your gang, right? Mm. So you, you're, in the workbook too, you're able to discover your brand DNA. Um, you're able to discover what your brand identity may be, right? So those things, you, you're, you're writing it yourself. You're feeling it. It's helping you think and you're writing it real time, right? Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. why it's a workbook. And, and that's why I decided to go a different way, not just write about my experience. You know, people have read so much of that, so many motivational books like that. But I just wanted to something that will carry people along as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely went through it, and it was even helpful for me. I was uh, got me thinking about some things in regards to how I use my own voice, man. So, appreciate All right. That. Oh, so you got you got it online? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. amazing! 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 <laughs> On Amazon. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yep. Yep. Oh, amazing. Yep. Got to support, man. All right. Um, thank, you. thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, I want to get into a quick little activity here called what's your favorite 
just uh, getting to know you a little bit more, identifying a few of your favorite things before we close right. out. Um, so what has who's been the uh, favorite favorite voice actor that you've worked with? Um, well, favorite voice actor I've worked with will be um, a lady in Nigeria called Rhoda. Rhoda, she she's uh, I mean the 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 studio session as that the the last studio session we had was um, I think it was it was about I think we spent like ten minutes, or sixty second script. You know, it was so fast. Right. Um, it was so, so fast. Uh, and that ad was also another heat. Right. It was everywhere. People were calling me like, sure, that's your voice I hear, man, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And like, oh, I'll pay for this one. <laughs> right? You know, and this one just ran for about three, three to four months. Right. So uh, that job with Rhoda, I think, was one of my favorite jobs. And uh, yeah, she's one of my favorite people to work with. Um, but one of the one of the real people, one of the voiceover talents I really want to work with is Morgan Freeman, right? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Morgan Freeman. I I want to do a duet, a narration duet with him. I I would really really look forward to that. Um, I hope he'll probably watch this and you know call me off one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> I would you be know, honored if just never Morgan know. Freeman just never is know. tuning into Mastermind, man. Yeah, that into the universe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, but there, there was um, also one of the most memory, memorable days of my voiceover career was the day I interviewed um, Phil Lamar. Phil Lamar um, was is the voice of Green Lantern. Um, ah, yo, yeah. I love I love his voice. Yeah, I know exactly uh, yeah, what you're talking and, about. Um, what's this? Uh, Samurai Jack as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that just Lamar. rich, deep. Yeah, you know, very deep, masculine. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, during during the lockdown. I was able to interview him from Nigeria. He was in the States here. Um, I was, I was, it was such a privilege, you know, I just wrote to him and he's like, Oh, let's do this. Let's do this. It was cool. It was cool. Um, I was so privileged that he, I was so privileged, you know, to do that with him. That's cool, man. That is cool. Yeah. I know like you, yeah, you, you, you travel too and you get to meet, I was looking at your Instagram and there's some people that you meet that, you know, cartoon voice acting like that exactly you know, yeah we grew up with that you mm-hmm. know and when you grow up as a kid you don't think that a person is behind those cartoon voices so just never be, yeah <laughs> <laughs> to see the people that's actually behind these voices like yeah, wow yeah you just never you just never think so you know yeah man what's your what's your favorite way to warm up like before you do a job like if you got a serious job you know like you know this is good money it's gonna be a hit how do you warm your vocals up? Like, what is it that you do? Like, that makes you comfortable. Yeah, um, one thing I do is I do a lot of jaw exercises. Depending on the work, I do a lot of jaw exercises and then a lot of mouth exercises. For example, if I wanted my voice to sound um, deeper, right, um, before I get on the mic, and it's because it's if it's something that has to, if it's a script that has to show some authority, maybe I wanted to do a payoff or an announcer. Uh, I could just go like mm, do that for like um, twenty to thirty minutes. When I do that, you know, my voice comes together and becomes deeper, right? If, if I want to project, I do some joy exercises. Um, if I want to get into character, if it's a playful script, I'm probably dancing. You know, I'm playing some music and dancing and enjoying myself, so that when I get there, I'm already in the mood, right? I'm very, I'm in a very happy mood. 
to get into that um, character. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, so for me, that, that's how it works. That's what I do. Um, and I make sure that I drink a lot of water as well. Uh, uh, whenever I have jobs, yeah. You know, um, there was a time I, I was very addicted to um, Coca-Cola. Well, and I don't want to call the brand. <laughs> soda, you know. But it's yes, soda. sir. Right. Yes, sir. <laughs> I was really, I was really uh, addicted to it at some point. Um, but I had to stop it, you know, because of my health. And also, um, also the fact that it was affecting my voice as well. Hmm. Now, how, now, I got to ask you, too, how, how would something like soda affect your voice and what exactly does water do to, to really clear your voice up? All right. So so that, I'm glad you asked. So it's like, uh, you know, it has a lot of caffeine. Right. And what caffeine does is it gathers a lot of uh, muco around your throat area. Right. Which blocks your voice from sounding the way it's supposed to sound. You know, the mm. original way it's supposed to sound. Um it just clogs up. It clogs clogs up around your foot here, and I'm sure I'm sure you must have experienced it. Um, you just have a bit of muco and slippery stuff around your throat, you know. Um, so that's I definitely know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's one of the disadvantages of uh, taking soda over and over. But when you take water, water doesn't even um, play your throat. What water does is it's it's uh, hydrates your body and gets into your bloodstream, and your bloodstream is able to um, cleanse whatever it is around your throat, right? You know, that's how mm. it works most times. Got you, got you. All right, no more coffee during podcast episodes. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be careful of your vocal health, you know. That's very yes. important. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Got yeah. you, got you. What's your favorite style of job to have? I know we mentioned that you can do commercials, you can do radio ads, you can do TV ads, mm-hmm. you can do an audio book. You can do documentary. There's all mm-hmm. type. The list goes on and on and on, right? Yeah. So, what's your favorite? Like when you get that job, you're like, "Yo, I love doing these." Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. For me, I I love I love commercials. I love really playful commercials, commercials that challenge me to be a character that that you know I naturally would not be in life. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I love commercials. I love documentaries. I love storytelling. Right. Uh-huh. Um, I love storytelling, especially storytelling that has to do with a lot of history, right? Mm. History, biographies. I love it. I love what, it. What kind of documentaries have you done, by the way, for those that don't know? Um, I've done a doc- documentaries for uh, corporates, um, talking about their history, um, some oil companies. I've done for some oil companies. I've done for some financial institutions. I've done for some humanitarian agencies, you know, um, like mm-hmm. the UN and the rest of that. So uh, I've done, okay. yeah, I've done I've done a lot of voiceovers, um, for documentary voiceovers for for those those brands, right? Gotcha. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing something for um, Nat Geo Wild and the rest of them. Mm. Hopefully soon. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And speaking of your work, what's some of your favorite work to listen back on and just like you know just be smiling like yo that was me like you know that's <laughs> <laughs> bro there are a lot i don't i don't think i have one favorite but there are a lot I, I but they're okay well let me let me there's one of late which was for a bank in nigeria um it was talking about uh a, a loan right it was a loan yeah. you know, um i like the way i told that story because every time i hear it on radio 
it always sounds so cool. Everybody needs a little help every now and then. Sometimes it's sugar or salt. Uh, yeah, that was the way I, I said it. Back then. <laughs> you, you can play, you know. Um, yeah, it was it was nice. Uh, I think that's one of my favorite jobs because it's always you always it just it just always sticks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Always yeah, sticks. that's, that's yeah. awesome, man. Um, and I I've been li- listening to the, your different work, and it's like you could go anywhere, man. Like you know, Bro, your voice that's amazing. I think God, <laughs> God has blessed me with the gift of versatility. You know, mm-hmm. I can be anything to anybody, right? Um, but I always also say that my voice, because of the timbre in my voice, it doesn't naturally go for every kind of project, right? Mm. Um, even though I can be anything, right? But it doesn't naturally go for any type of project. So um, I also sometimes choose the kind of projects I get into or I voice for um, so that I don't just um, commonize my voice um, or, or, or do something that does not fit my voice or my brand my voice doesn't fit there's something called the project fit when it comes mm-hmm. to voices you know and that's why some clients choose us because we're able to say okay does this voice match what what the story this um person or this brand wants to tell mm-hmm. if yes uh yes or no you know most times is a no um so we just use the one that actually fits that that project itself, the voice that fits. Yeah, up. man, I I know exactly what you're talking about because your voice kind of reminds me. I don't know if you know, um, James Earl Jones, like the voice. Oh, of James Earl Jones, Mufasa. I love James Earl Jones, bro. <laughs> yeah, your that's voice kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. <laughs> wow, ah, that's humbling, bro. That's humbling. <laughs> yeah, you can't just put that anywhere. It has to be like epic, like when you, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Oh my god, that. James Earl Jones is. <laughs> You know, you know, he was one for a long time. It was his voice that was saying, I said, this is CNN. <laughs> yeah. was, this is CNN. That was his voice. Yeah, he, he has just such a powerful, like, you know, powerful. it just caught, raises your attention right away. You know, I think yeah. that's one of the reasons that we all love the Lion King so much, man. Just hearing his voice, <laughs> you know. God, his voice. <laughs> Mufasa, wow, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And uh, of course, speaking of Nigeria, man, you got to get in. What's your favorite meal, man? Oh, my favorite meal is Nigerian uh, meal. Well, I have two of them. Um, there is jollof rice and dodo. Dodo is called plantain, right? Fried plantain. Mm. I love it. I love it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. You know, my wife sometimes just complains that you just, you just love Dodo too much. I love Dodo a lot. <laughs> uh, I like pounded yam and egusi, egusi, egusi soup. Soup, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, egusi soup is a type of soup um, with vegetables and uh, melon seeds, right? Mm. Um, which is uh, blended, right? It's it's amazing, beautiful. Uh, you should you should you should taste it one of these days. If you plan to come to Nigeria, I'll take you out. <laughs> ah man, um, yeah. I, we we definitely gotta set something up, man. Um, Nigeria is no. definitely on my it's on my bucket list, so you know. Sure, I def- but let me know, bro. Up. Let me know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. On Nigeria, man. I take it around, especially Lagos, because you're probably landing in Lagos, right? Yes, um, sir. Jones, right. <laughs> I'm excited, man. I'm excited. All right. Um, any yeah. dessert with that? Any dessert? Uh, dessert. Well, dessert. Uh, I would say, uh, anything chocolate, chocolate ice cream, chocolate cake. You know that works for me. That works for me. 
Got you, got you. And I know, like, you are a big time dancer, man. I was looking through your Instagram, popping up the bro, moves, I man. Tried, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your favorite Nigerian song like to dance to? Well, my favorite Nigerian song right now, uh, there is a guy called in Nigeria called Gaze Baba. His name is Gaze Baba. The song is called Elijah Level, like Elijah Level. Um, and what he was trying to say was, um, it's time for speed, like, you know, mm. those things that you've never achieved um, mm-hmm. in like five years. In one year, you're going to achieve what you've not achieved in five years. Like, that's what it's all about. It's called Elijah Level. It's called Gaze Baba. It's, you know, uh, and it, it says that we, 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 run, we run faster than a Ferrari. <laughs> I like that song a lot. I also like uh, Davido. Anything from Davido just works for me. I love Davido a lot. He yeah, just released a song wrong. with the samples yesterday, and I listened to it. I love it. I love the song so much, you know. So David Davido, Davido just released the song with them. Yeah, I love Davido, man. He's 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 great, man. Um, I'm yeah, gonna check out that great. song too. You just said, yeah, just really heard just, it. The song is called "Stand Strong." Hmm. Definitely, will yeah. check that one out. Stand All right. Uh, so once once you know you're in Nigeria, man, what's like your favorite place? to go in nigeria bro my favorite place to be truthful is my office i love my office, my office <laughs> is like, yeah because my office is always bubbly you know the, the spirit there is always positive you know mm-hmm. when there, there are no dull moments in my office you know and then a lot of alumni come a lot they come around so we have we play we just we talk we argue we you know it's always <laughs> fun you know i love my office so much uh, I miss it. I miss it so much. I, I miss my guys. I miss the office. We call it the voice of a creep, right? Um, it's a chilled hub where people just come, they sit down, they talk, they enjoy themselves. We have a podcast room. We have an audio uh, recording studio. Um, we have uh, a workstation as well. Uh, we have a training room. So it's a it's a creep. You, you know, it just it just makes you feel at home. When people come come in there, they just never want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I know it seems like, you know, voiceover is your entire life, man. But what do you enjoy doing just outside of that, man? Like when you want to just chill, relax, get outside of just, you know, being. Oh, well, yeah, I, I love I love to play basketball and I love to I love to spend time with my family. I love I love my family so much. You know, I'm a family guy, um, mm. even though a lot of times I could be very busy, but I love my family so much. Um, I try to spend as much time as I can with them. I love my daughter's. Um, I also try to make sure that they, they are well-trained. I try to be there for them, um, though I'm not perfect. <laughs> I try my best to be there for them. Um, so, yeah, um, outside of that, my family, um, I play basketball, even though I don't, like, I, I, don't, I don't like to watch basketball as much as I play, um, maybe before. But now I, love, I, I prefer to play much more than watching it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Um, I did peep on your Instagram, man, that you plan on running for office in Nigeria in 2023, man. So no, I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) What I was doing was what I wanted to do was in Nigeria. um, A lot of people were declaring the intention to run for office. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people were declaring to and everybody wanted to run for president. So I'm like, why? Why is you? Why is everybody joking with this thing? This is a serious matter. Because our general elections are next year, right? So I'm like, 
and one of the reasons why we have a lot of voter apathy in Nigeria is because a lot of people don't collect. We, there's a card called the PVC, right? You use the PVC to vote, right? And a lot of people in Nigeria don't, especially in the educated climb, they don't like to collect their PVCs to vote. And then the, the people that are not as educated as they are now um, elects leaders that don't work for us, you know, that just that are just corrupt. And then they now start complaining. So what I did was I now decided to say, what well, you know what, since it's the time for declarations, let me, let me come out like somebody who's declaring for office and tell people to go get their PVCs, right? That was what I did with that post. And uh, everybody okay. just was like, ah, oh, people thought I was running for office. People started <laughs> calling me. People said, ah, oh, you know, but the truth is, let me tell you the truth. I, oh, I really intend to run for office one day. I, I'm just... I just keep thinking about it. I hope it will work because I know that I'm a leader. I hope I know that I'm I'm blessed to you know lead people. I'm blessed to also um, touch the lives of people, touch especially the lives of my people, my community, Africans globally. You know, um, so one day I will, uh, most likely I will, and I'll let you know when. when yes, sir. I'm that man. I'm definitely <laughs> <man>. <laughs> <laughs> in the palace, man. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm 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 down, man. Uh, even before then, but sure. I'm, I'm I'm excited, man. Um, so, just if you could paint like the perfect vision of the future of everything that you're doing as far as the voiceover industry goes, and you could just paint like exactly what it is that you want this to to become, like what is that reality for you? Yeah, the reality for me is um, to build a brand that that that's outlives me basically um to build a brand that outlives me um that um, goes from generation to generation um like i always say i'm i might have started it but i don't necessarily any not anybody in my family has to carry the legacy right any other person who is passionate about this industry and wants to see it advance can also um take the legacy to the next level um, that's what I'm really, really passionate about. Let the brand outlive me. I want to be able to be somewhere, maybe in my grave, whatever, 99 years later, and the voiceover academy is still flourishing. The voiceover solutions group is still flourishing like just like yesterday. You know, that is the test of a true legacy. You know, that's the test of a true legacy. So that brand, um, not just dying a natural death, you know, um, but just flourishing every single time, growing every single time. That is, that is the ultimate vision for me. But of course, also um, spread globally. We 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 were registered um, here in the US, but we're not um, we've not started business officially. Um, we're also trying to expand to other countries to see how best we can um, push African voices there because. What we want to do is actually specialize for African voices, you know, um, everywhere, whether it's in England or the U.S., Europe, whatever it is, specialize for African voices. Yes, sir. I, yeah. And and just to add on, man, I would just like to be in a world where we never have to hear another fake African voice again. And that Bro, I'm authenticity, that. <laughs> authenticity. <laughs> yes, yeah. sir, man. Yeah, so that's, it. That. that's it. That's yeah, it. That's it, bro. 
That's I think it's it, enough bro. room, you know, for everybody to eat and, you know, the African-American voice actors to eat and get paid and then mm-hmm. also the African actors to get that natural, mm-hmm. um, you know, voice in as well, man. So hopefully we can find that space. Yeah, I'm hoping so as well. I'm hoping so as well. Um, that yes. We're given the opportunity to push that um, a truth and that narrative. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, it, it has been more than a pleasure, man. You got me excited about Nigeria and going to Nigeria, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so my thoughts now, man. Um, appreciate having yeah. you on, man. And definitely the gems on um, voice voice uh, acting and the work that you're doing. Amazing work. And I just hope that it just continues to grow. And I just hear, yeah. you know, you you and the company more and more and more um, yeah, as we go yeah, by, yeah. you know. <laughs> Um, and one of the last things we always la- ask our guests if uh, they could leave us with their favorite quote and what it means to them. And I also will ask this of you too, if you want to give us an African proverb along with that as well, man, we could always, always okay. benefit uh, from that. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's this African proverb, um, which I will speak in, there's something called Pidgin English in yes. Nigeria. Um, and that Pidgin English is basically like English, but uh, a broken type of English. Like it's a... Uh, uh, yeah, just a cultural type of English, you know, in Nigeria. So this proverb says, "Waiting elder, this sit down, they look right. Picking, no feet stand up, they see Waiting elder, they sit down, they look. Picking, no feet stand up, they see That that's let me interpret that. So what what an elder sits sees sitting down right um a child standing up cannot see now what does that talk about it talks about the experience and the wisdom of the elderly right uh no matter how influential or no matter how hard you've achieved anything as a young person you know um always remember that you've always stood on the shoulders of giants Mm. right so that's what it says um, never disrespect the wisdom of the elders, right? Because what the elders sits down to see, right? Um, a child standing up can, does not see it, right? You know, just like if you if you had a car, you have a daughter, um, and your daughter says, you know what, I want to drive. She's maybe she's, she, I think she's eight. You yes, know? sir. On yeah, point. <laughs> she, 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 wants, she wants to drive, and you know that she's too young to drive. You know everything about driving. Before she was born, probably, you know, and she's telling you, no, dad, I can drive. I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you know, your, the way your wisdom has told you that this girl is too little to drive. Even if she knows how to drive and she understands how to drive, she can't drive because the laws of the land doesn't permit that one. Two, um, you know, she's not even probably tall enough to see <laughs> the next car, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, never ignore the wisdom of the, the, the elderly, you know people that are going ahead of you that's that is amazing man i, I love african proverbs man it's just yeah, they're amazing <laughs> life, life gems man life exactly gems, man. they teach a lot of lessons yes sir yes sir. yeah appreciate that appreciate that all right yes, uh, for those listening in that are wondering where they can find you maybe they want some voiceover work uh to get better at their craft uh get your book or whatever else they want um where can they find you oh so yeah my book is available on Insta. um Amazon, um, the soft copies are uh, available on Amazon. If you want or the hard copy as well, you can uh, just go on my Instagram page and click on the link 
my bio um, to order for it. Uh, it's an amazing book. You'd love it. Um, we also, to, to, all, to reach me, if you want me to coach you privately or you want to go to Voice of Academy, um, you could just go to Voice of Acad on Instagram or go to voiceofacademyng.com on Instagram. Um, you can also um, reach us if you want to work with us in terms of your brand. You're looking for African voices. You can go to at the voice of a bank on Instagram or uh, voiceofabank.com.ng. Um, that's the that's the website. So those are ways that you can get get us. Um, my personal website um, is the brandmaster.me. You can reach me on on there. You want you can send me a mail um, anytime, any day. So yeah, those are ways you can reach me. Yes, sir. Uh, again, Sean, man, thank you so much for coming through. Yes, sir, Mr. Was... B. Thank you so much. <laughs> Yes, I appreciate man. you. I appreciate your time. Appreciate having really you on. Forward man. to having the uh, the ad so that you know. Sorry, the the the, the podcast. Um, yes, sir. Uh, so that I can spread it for you and let's 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 let people hear the stories. You know. Yes, sir, man. I can't wait to to grow and build with you, man. Um, sure. Listeners, listeners, listeners. Please yeah. support. Please support. Support the book if you are looking for voice over work. Get the authentic African voices, please. All yes, right? sir. <laughs> <laughs> no fake accents. Authentic That's African true. voices. That's <laughs> That's All right. yeah. Let's support the reality of what, what uh, Sean is trying to do, um, which is spread uh, original Black voices all across the world. Mm-hmm. And these are things that we need. And uh, please support, support, support. Um, follow him on Instagram. Uh, check out the work that he's doing and get his book and of course remember your mind is the most powerful tool in the universe therefore if you can think it you can do it if you believe in it you can be it and if you fight for it you can have it the world is yours this has been your host mr g and i will see you next time on mastermind